What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. Hopefully, everyone's having a good week and a good weekend. Um, we're about to go off to some jujitsu class today. I'm going to be teaching some back controls, and uh, we're going to be talking about the controlling aspect of the back mount, not necessarily the submission part, but the controls, because that's one of the most important aspects. I'm sure you guys have probably heard the cliche, you know, position before submission, but that's it, one of the most important parts of just the back mount position in general is really understanding control. And I've had to think about this for a little bit, but one reason why I think the back mount is one of the hardest positions to control is because you're having to use your legs to control people. And, you know, we use other positions to control people with our legs, like the guard and some other stuff. But, you know, we're on, you know, our back and our legs are there in front of us so we can kind of see everything. We can use our hands to reach out and grab. But the back mount is a little bit tricky because, you know, we're on their back and I pretty much have to use my legs to keep them stuck from running forward, which is kind of a different demand on our legs and so if we're not skilled and knowing how to position our legs properly where to put them it can really cause a lot of havoc but as we're as I'm thinking about teaching the back mount today I was kind of going through my head about different jujitsu positions and different ideas and one thing that I really like to teach to students is this idea of called the jujitsu hierarchy and kind of the different positions in jujitsu you know in a previous podcast I talked about the opening plays and getting to the good positions and all that stuff. But also I think understanding the hierarchy has a lot of value for students. That way they can kind of know what they're either trying to eventually get for and then eventually, you know, move toward even if they can't get to it right away. So in general, there are, I'd like to say there are three kinds of hierarchies really that students can focus on. We have the submission hierarchies, then we have the top position hierarchy, and then we have the bottom position hierarchy. So now everyone has this kind of structured differently. I've, I've seen some different instructors have different takes. This is just the way it makes sense to me in my brain. So at the top, we have the submission hierarchy. And if you want to think about it like a pyramid or whatever, it is the king. It is what's on top. It's the crown jewel. It is the most dominant thing. So even if you're catching submissions from bottom positions or from inferior bad positions, you still win the fight. You're still able to finish the fight. You win, you, you win the match or you, you know, break the dude's arm in a self-defense altercation and you win. So that's why I have submissions at the top. So it doesn't matter what the submissions at the top. Next, we have top position because if I can't finish with a submission of any kind, whether it's on the top or bottom, I would want to be in the top position. So even if I held somebody down for a whole round in a tournament, I would get all of the points for, you know, controlling and dominating or in a self-defense altercation, I'm probably going to stay pretty safe for being on top. So all of the top positions, top amount, top of side control, um, ha- being on someone's back, right? Those are all in that top hierarchy position. Next, we have the bottom hierarchy. So that's going to be all of the bottom positions, you know, like bottom of guard, bottom of mount, having someone on your back, right? So that's the easiest way to kind of think about it in the sense of hierarchy, like what is the king, what is the best? Now, inside each of those hierarchies, there is kind of what I would call a sub-hierarchy or hierarchies inside. So like, for example, for the submission hierarchy, there are 
king submissions. There are good, there are the highest percentage submissions, and then there are the lowest percentage submissions. And you could even break that down by position. Then you could go even further by each position and break down the actual submissions in between. So you guys see how you could go into detailed rabbit holes there. Um, you know, that would take me hours to probably go over to think about every single submission or every single position and rank them from best to worst. I'm sure guys like Danaher or some other nutcases have done some stuff like that, but it does kind of help understanding just the basis idea of the hierarchy. So the submission hierarchy, how I like to think about it at the top is going to be the back mount. You know, when you get to someone's back, it is the highest percentage place to choke people from or strangle people from or even attack arm locks or triangles or gi chokes whatever so getting to the back is like the king or the crown jewel of the submissions right and then you could go to tiered from that you know you would have the top of the mount then you would have top of side mount then you would have the um what other top would there be maybe like neon belly you know um top of guard is interesting because it's not really there's not too many submissions from the top of guard but i guess that still would be in the submission category so you could kind of go through and make your suggestions from that maybe top of half guard you know there are a few submissions out of there and then um you know you got leg locks and everything that's kind of a of its own hierarchy in itself it's kind of like an auxiliary shoot off to the side um then you know you have your position so then you have being on someone's back then you have being in the mounted position and then, you know, being on top of side control, being in someone's guard. So you could kind of go through and they rank them. They, they a lot of times will follow very similar patterns. But just kind of understanding that kind of looks, teaches you how to think about it. Now, here's the crazy part about training jujitsu is I've now told you that getting to someone's back is the best position you can absolutely get. It's the best submission hierarchy. It's the best type hierarchy. So shouldn't you focus all your training toward achieving that? And the short answer is absolutely you should, but realistically that is almost impossible until you become like very high, high skill. When I say high skilled, I don't even mean like world champion black belt, but until you're one of the better people inside of your training room, whether that's uh, at a high level blue belt or maybe maybe purple belt, maybe it's not even till brown belt, depending on where you train at, you need to be able to have a lot of control of the positions. You need to be able to have a lot of control of what occurs in a training match. If you don't have a lot of control over that, it's very challenging just to go straight to the top of the hierarchy. And this is why I think it takes so long for people to get good at jujitsu is because they try to run past all of the other tiers of this hierarchy, they, they try to skip the bottom hierarchy. They try to skip the top position hierarchy and they just try to go straight to the submissions or if they can't do the submissions, they try to go straight to the best positions. And that's a good goal to shoot for like very long-term and ideal and aspirational. But I think people aren't realistic. The realistic idea is to, okay, what is my skill level? What is the hierarchy I should be training at? What, where am I experiencing majority of the time and try to really focus on that hierarchy. But if you can understand kind of the order of how it goes, it almost gives you like a roadmap or a path because you now know like, okay, if I'm in the bottom of mount position, well, the next hierarchy to improve my position is going to be the bottom of half guard or the bottom of close guard and then 
butterfly guard and then da da da. And so you could see if you kind of keep climbing that hierarchy ladder, almost like a stair stepping, it almost points you in the directions to go. Now, it's not as easy as just learning the knowledge. You definitely have to learn the techniques. You have to learn the skill set to be able to transfer between one hierarchy and the other. And that's what training is for. But I think this idea of training gets very misunderstood in jujitsu. I think the idea of training is just like going as hard as I can and getting as much of a workout as I can. If I don't feel exhausted by the end, then it's not done. But no one ever has like an idea or what they're trying to accomplish or what they're trying to do, in my opinion. That's just what I see a lot. Usually when I start teaching people this, it's like the first time they've ever heard it. And that's because a lot of times the instructors that are teaching jujitsu are just worried about you know, they've already kind of figured a lot of this out, whether they have it into like a system or they can articulate it. They, they do it kind of naturally because they've a t- acquired enough skill to be able to do it. And so they just are like, well, they'll eventually figure it out. But I think if it gets taught earlier or the ideas get exposed to students earlier, I think there's a lot of benefit that can come to it. I wish I would have had that benefit a lot earlier. You know, I actually teach people this. I teach students this in person. I actually have an online program that I teach students this too. I have a whole video series where they can go through and it's like two hours and I'm teaching them exactly how to figure out what they should be training, why they should be training it. And then I give them kind of a a roadmap of how I suggest they start going, but they still have to put in the work. If, you know, it's just like buying an instructional, like you can watch all of John Danaher or Gordon Ryan or whoever's instructionals. But if you don't go out there and like drill them or try them enrolling or figure out how to do it, it it doesn't matter. So, but you know, I I like the idea of trying to figure out what you're going to train and having kind of a basic idea of how training works. And the goal is to get improving and improvement. And you do that by like systematically, like climbing these hierarchy steps. So if you're kind of like skipping around and you have no idea what you should be training or or why that is, or, or where you should be pinpointing, try to figure out, do you even understand the hierarchy? Do you understand your skill level? Do you understand like where you're at in this crazy flow chart? And then once you can find that out, it's gonna really start to point you in the right direction, or you can at least see what the next closest phases are to you to try to improve for or shoot for. So anyway, that's my tangent for today. Hopefully you guys liked it. Um, yeah, if you haven't already, make sure you leave the podcast five stars. Uh, leave me a helpful review um, because it kind of helps people get seen uh, who might need this. It helps the show get seen. Always, if you guys have any questions or concerns or you just want to like ask me a question, hit me up on social media. Also, follow me on my YouTube channel if you don't already. I would greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, you guys keep training hard and I'll see you later. Take it easy. Bye.